Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, welcome back. It's another brand new edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. As always, Ian Mendes with you in the host chair on a Monday this week that we're changing things up. We're giving Haley Salvian a much-needed week off, replacing her with our pal Sean Gentilly. So we're excited for that. And even though it's early August, no shortage of juicy storylines for us to sink our teeth into in the next hour or so, including the latest on the soap opera between Jack Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. Some serious allegations swirling around Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks. We'll get into that. And Flower Power is headed to the Windy City. We'll talk about whether or not we think Chicago is a legit playoff team in the Western Conference. We'll connect with our analytics expert, uh, analytics expert. Imagine, I can't believe I screwed that part up, but not his name. <laughs> Dom Lutschichen is going to join us, talk about free agent winners and losers. We'll wrap up with a little multiple choice madness as well. We'll talk about whether or not we want to see the Summer Olympics be part of the NHL schedule and uh, what's the rivalry we want to see next year in the playoffs. Speaking of rivalries, Sean, I think this is great. You guys, you and Custance have been pumping up your bald eagle American pie Chevrolet USA. It's great to get you on. When we got this great Olympic storyline where the U.S. lost to Team Canada in women's soccer today, how great is this? I would rather focus on me getting a break from dealing with Custins. That's what's most important here. We don't need to. We don't need to talk about soccer. What's vital is that you know I don't have to worry about talking to him tomorrow. I get to talk to you today. That's much. That's much better. Yeah, there we go. So listen, we'll uh, well, well, but we've had some fun with that. I think we, oh, I think we really appreciate the fact that you know in the summertime you guys have really uh, pumped up the American angle and we're having some fun with it. But uh, hey, listen, it's great. Thank you for pinch hitting here for anytime, for Haley. Anytime, man. It's a it's a major downgrade for everybody to go from Haley to me, but that's that's fine. I'm I'm willing to step in where needed. I'm a glue guy. Yeah, well, the the best part is you got to make sure if I make any bad puns or jokes, just make sure you roll your eyes. And then you'll be filling Haley's shoes perfectly. Yeah, right. That's, that's the it. that's the most important thing to bring to the table is the is the uh, elite eye roll ability that she has for sure. Yeah. Okay. So hey, listen. Like I said, we we don't have a, sh- a shortage of storylines. Usually, like when you get to August, you're like, oh man, like it's dead on the hockey calendar. Like this was a crazy weekend too, wasn't it? Like, didn't you find yourself all weekend kind of going to Twitter, hitting refresh, and thinking like, man, like something, like I don't know what's coming next, right? I mean, before we started recording, we kind of went over what had happened the last couple of days, and I forgot about Eichel. I was like, "Yeah, Flurry and Evander Kane and whatever else, all the, all these all these big stories." And I left out the like maybe the biggest on ice story of the uh, 
of of the offseason. So yeah, it's 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 wild to see typically in in a typical year first couple days of free agency comes and goes and it's cottage season and everyone everyone dips off and disappears, but yeah, I can't can't get away with that this time, huh? No. And you know what? Let, let's start with Jack Eichel because I mm-hmm. I think the temperature got turned up like 100 degrees. Uh, that's 100 degrees Celsius, not even Fahrenheit. Okay, 100 degrees. <laughs> that's like that's like the, wait, that's like that's like 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit, yeah. right? I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> exactly. sure what the conversion rate is. Yeah. So let, let me just read for for you know the benefit of our listeners who maybe because this was it was the classic Friday news dump where yeah. uh, Eichel's agents uh, Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli released a statement. So just for the benefit of our listeners here, uh, Sean, I'm going to read the statement uh, so just to give people some context. So this mm-hmm. is the statement from Jack Eichel's agents, Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli on Friday night. It says, quote, the process is not working. As previously stated, we fully anticipated a trade by the start of the NHL free agency period. After the agreed upon and prescribed period for conservative rehabilitation lapsed in early uh, June of 2021, it was determined by the Sabres medical staff that a surgical procedure was required. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialist consultant, and the surgery Jack feels most comfortable having in order to correct a herniated disc in his neck to proceed is with artificial disc replacement surgery. A further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression that the Sabres specialist was in agreement with the artificial disc replacement surgery until that was no longer the case. What is being left out of the discussion is that Jack would uh, be able to play in the NHL for the start of the season pending medical clearance if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires even as of this date. Repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail. This process is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL and it is not working. So I'll tell you what, Sean, like that is the equivalent of a, uh, you know, a five-ton megabond mm-hmm. being dropped. They're basically saying... There's a massive disagreement over a discrepancy in the in the way that they're handling this medically. Like, what does this do for the Jack Eichel situation? Does it does it end it quicker, or does it just add, uh, I guess, another week or two to the whole thing? Because it's clearly a mess. I mean, you can see why they ratcheted up the tension over the last few days, right? Because you look at the teams that made sense to get Jack Eichel a month ago or two weeks ago or whatever. Who who were they? L.A. Kings, Minnesota Wild. New York Rangers, those were, you know, in some form or fashion, the top three. And now all three of those teams, in one way or another, are out. The Wild are openly out. The the Kings signed Deneau and, you know, filled that hole on, the, on their roster, filled that cap space allocation. You know, the Rangers don't have Pavel Buchnevich to dangle as a, as a piece in return. They're, they're in cap hell as well. So you have all these... Uh, kind of top-notch destinations for Eichel, places where the, where you assume he'd like to go, contenders, whatever else, and they're kind of falling by the wayside now. And that and that really came to pass over the last week. So the timing of it, you know, like you said, and it's a classic <laughs> classic Friday news dump, right? Like it's like yeah. you're you're closing out the week by dropping by dropping the neutron bomb. But uh I think the timing in that regard makes sense because the options all of a sudden are 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 way more narrow than they than they were even a couple of weeks ago. What I find fascinating about this is and, and we had John Vogel on the podcast last week and, and John was like, My God, just get this over I with. Feels you know, feel so bad for John too, by the way. That yeah. guy, that guy hasn't he he, oh. he hasn't been able to you know, I'm sure he hasn't his phone hasn't left his side since, you know, Valentine's Day or or, or whatever. Tough break. 
<laughs> yeah, Vogel even told us that he's sleeping with his phone on at night at bedside. You know, that's how you know that the, you I mean, this do? could happen mm-hmm. at any time, right? So I, I guess you, I'm going to set an arbitrary date here, Sean. I'm going to set mm-hmm. an arbitrary date of Labor Day, which is only a month away. It's crazy. Yep. It is. Um, does this get resolved by Labor Day? I'm going to say yes, because it's clear that, you know, and again, with the amount of heat that was turned up uh, by by Eichel and his camp over the last couple of days, just, and also, again, you know, to, to kind of further what we talked about a minute ago, teams need to get their roster in shape. This isn't some, you know, bottom of the barrel, you know, you sign a guy who was non-tendered for one and a half million dollars, right? Like, this is a guy you have to account for in terms of assets going out, in terms of cap space allocated to carry him for the next season. I mean, this is no this is no small deal. So it needs to happen sooner rather than later because like you said, dude, Labor Day is a month away. You know, it's we're going to be in October before we know it, right? So it's t- it's time. It's time for for everybody to to bring this to a resolution. The issue now, you know, again, throwing it back to what we talked about before is like the 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 list of potential destinations is is more narrow than it was before and that to me is the most interesting part of all of this is that you know, now you're seeing people are talking about the Calgary Flames and this kind of like next tier of teams outside of those original, outside of those original big three where everybody, you know, at least expected them to end up. You know, what What I think is amazing is that, look, there's clearly animosity here. And this is going to end up being one of those situations you look back 5, 10, 15 years from now, you're like, man, there was like legit bad blood yeah. between Eichel and the Sabres. So for me, Sean, the gold standard between a player and a team and a like a like a nasty divorce is Eric Lindros. Absolutely, like that. Eric Lindros in the Flyers to me will always be the gold standard between superstar player, franchise, and a, and a divide. Is there? Do you think that Eichel is kind of nudging into that territory? Well, think about what's at play. Like what were, what were we talking about whenever the Lindros situation was at its peak? It's not just money; it's the player's health and the and, and the lot like the the longevity of, of, of his career or, or, or whatever else. The fact that that's squarely uh, it, at issue here, you know, Jack's health and Jack's future in the game. And there's a, there's that disagreement is kind of what elevates it. I think for me to like a Lindros level of, 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 of animosity for sure, for sure. So look, like, like we said, no shortage of storylines. And this one came out of left field, mm-hmm. uh, kind of on the weekend, and this is in regards to Evander Kane. And we want to point out that everything around Evander Kane right now is, we want to focus on the word alleged or allegations. Mm-hmm. Nothing about Evander Kane has been proven. But my goodness gracious, uh, Sean, the allegations from his uh, his wife, who I guess soon to be ex-wife based on these mm-hmm. social media posts, mm-hmm. she basically posted on the weekend and insinuated that Evander Kane, uh, basically his wife uh, made allegations that he bet on his own games and in some cases may have intentionally altered the outcome of games for a gambling profit, claims that now the NHL are, are investigating. Kane, by the way, uh, came right back on, on social media and uh, wrote on Twitter, quote, I have never gambled or bet on hockey, never gambled or bet on a Sharks game, never gambled or bet on any of my games, and never thrown a hockey game. The facts are I personally had a uh, best season of my career last year. It was the most consistent I've been throughout any season. I'm proud of that. I love the game of hockey. Would never do what was alleged. I look forward to cooperating fully with the league's investigation, having my name cleared and looking forward to this upcoming season. I think what can't be lost on this in, in all of this, Sean, is it's really sad because there's kids involved here. Yeah. Um, and that that's the thing that that 
jumps out to me is that um, there's obviously a broken family here. And I hate that this is playing out mm-hmm. in a in a public forum. You know, that's it's easy for us to focus on the gambling end of things because that's the obvious sports connection and that's our job and whatever else. But I, I completely agree with you, man. There's some serious allegations of uh, mistreatment in a lot of in, in a lot of in a lot of disturbing disturbing ways that are wrapped up in the gambling allegations, right? So it's 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 prudent and understandable for us to focus on the gambling end of things. That's closer to our purview of of, of the stuff we typically talk about. But it shouldn't be lost that yeah, this is uh the this is this is a this is a terrible situation, and it's more it's more uh, more allegations against Evander Kane, who has a pretty brutal track record when it comes to all that stuff. As far as the gambling stuff is concerned, I think the issue for me is whether it's true or not. I, we're, we're probably I, we're probably never going to find out, but the fact is 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 that it is that it could be true because of. Like you hear that and, and you think, yeah, that's that seems like that's not something I'm willing to immediately throw out, right? Because we saw we we saw Vander Kane declare bankruptcy, and we know that he has a serious gambling problem. Those are that's a matter of public record. That's those are those are court documents. Like we know that he's broke, and we know that he went broke because he's got major major gambling issues. So if you accept that to be true, the lines to okay, maybe he bet on games to for reasons X, Y, or Z, it gets a lot easier, easier to kind of, to kind of connect. And that, that, that's not obviously not to say that it's true or, or, or untrue or whatever, but the fact that we can even sit here and talk about it as a semi-legitimate possibility is a major, major, major concern. You know, one of the things that Andrew said was, look, I had the best season mm-hmm. of true. my career. And look, Sean, he led the Sharks in goals. He led mm-hmm. the Sharks in points. In any way, does that exonerate him? Or is it like, look, 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 if I, if I was... Minus twenty five, and I had four goals. I mean, look, you could tell, but I, I arguably had one of my best seasons. Totally, and you know the the thing is, the thing about that is, you're saying that over the course of you know a fifty six game season, which is all well and good. May I mean, if you're in the Evander Kane did potentially gamble camp, you say, all right, well, all it takes is one. All it takes, all all it takes is two. It doesn't mean that he didn't have fifty four other great games. You know the, the the possibility is is still on the table. What what I I think the biggest argument in his favor is that he's a forward and he plays less than a third of the games, <laughs> and it's really really hard for one person to meaningfully affect. You know, if you say, all right, on Tuesday we're playing the Ducks, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to shave a goal off off the over under total. That's 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 really really hard. This isn't a goalie. This isn't a baseball manager. This isn't a quarterback. This isn't a point guard in, in 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 hoops. It's a lot tougher for one person to affect the outcome of this stuff for any reason, let alone for gambling purposes. So I think that's kind of the best the best argument in in his favor. Even though yes, he was great this season, and, and that and that probably helps too. You know, and and let's for a second here, let's take a like we're gonna remove Evander Kane from the equation. I'm gonna ask you, do you actually think, Sean, that a modern athlete? could be tempted by gambling. Because if you go back to arguably, well, not arguably, the greatest uh, mm-hmm. betting scandal in in baseball history was the 1919 Chicago White Sox who threw the World Series. And part of the reason why they threw it is they were really being uh, undervalued, right? They mm-hmm. were being underpaid. And so you could understand how kind of these skeevy gamblers in the, in the shadows would be like, hey man, I'll pay you double if you throw the World Series to Cincinnati. But now in the year 2021 with athletes making the money, like, it doesn't feel like athletes would be at risk as much as they would have in the past, right? Like that's my feeling on it. But 
clearly there might be the possibility that exists. Uh, obviously, I, I don't. I don't even know if I if I agree with this necessarily. But I think part of the argument there is you look at what's happened, especially in the United States over the last two, three, five years. The added legitimacy that gambling has gotten just by virtue of being of being legalized in however many, however many states uh, that we're in. I don't know if that makes it more or less likely. I mean, my God, we have DraftKings ads during playoff games and uh, partnerships between leagues and gambling companies and whatever else. That would have been ten years ago. That would have been unthinkable, right? So I don't know if you if that kind of added presence and that added legitimacy makes it more or less likely, but. I think it is something to watch. It is something to watch. And it is kind of, to, to some respect, it is a conflict of interest because you have on this end of things where understandably for revenue purposes and entertainment, and whatever else, we're giving gambling this extra layer of legitimacy. And th- But you're also saying like, all right, but players like you guys are, you guys are still on the other side of this and you're apart from it. And I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's going to be the uh, cleanest distinction moving forward. Like there's the lines are blurred, whether we like it or not. And it's happened pretty quickly over the last couple of years. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's something to watch. It's, it's, and it's a, it's a, it should be a concern. You know, we're going to, I mean, boy, we're going to be obviously monitoring that story uh, for the next few weeks and, and we'll see what happens again. The NHL is going to launch their own investigation into the mm-hmm. Evander Kane stuff um, coming up this week. So the other story I want to hit on that I think a lot of people were floored by was the Marc-Andre Fleury trade to Chicago <laughs> because when it happened, Sean, the initial thought was Marc-Andre doesn't want to go. His kids were crying. He didn't want to go. And and you you would know this. There's a lot of people that were drawing the direct line between Flower and, and Pittsburgh. Hey, look, they need a goalie. He's going to come back. He's going to be this great redemption story. Were you surprised that Marc-Andre Fleury on the weekend basically said, you know what? Hey, Chicago, I'm uh, I'm coming to play for you. Uh, no. And I think that kind of goes back to, you know, anytime anybody talks about Marc-Andre Fleury, it's like, it's a rule that you have to talk about what a great guy he is, right? And that's, and that's, <laughs> and that's, and that's true. Every, everyone loves Flower and blah, 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 blah. The way I kind of looked at it was that if the Penguins did want to do it and it was something they wanted to make happen, they there wasn't there had to be an in there. But it was based on Flurry holding strong over the course of a day or two days or a weekend and continually saying like, no, I'm not coming here. I'm not bringing my family here. I'd rather retire than play for the Chicago Blackhawks. That's what, that's what needed to happen on Marc-Andre Fleury's end. And it needed to happen for the Penguins' purposes quickly. That needed to be a day one kind of thing. As stuff stretched on, even though it was only a day or two or three or whatever, that Marc Andre Fleury niceness, right? Like that, uh, that that agreeability, that great the, the great teammate that we have heard so much about. I'm not surprised to hear that, you know, that conversations he had with the organization. I heard that Chris Kunitz, who was a teammate of his for a long time, finished his career in Chicago. I heard that Kunitz was involved with the sell process. You know, I'm not surprised to hear that he got that he that he got swayed because that is part and parcel with the Mark Andre Fleury experience is, is that he is a great guy. And, and, and he, you know, is the sort of guy that would, uh, you know, after some nice conversations with, 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 with people who were there would say, yeah, fine, whatever. I'll, 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 I'll give it a try. So I'm, I'm not surprised at the outcome, but that's not to say that I thought there was a real chance that the Penguins were going to go out and try to do something, especially on, especially that day before uh, the markets opened up. Like is Chicago suddenly good now? Are the Blackhawks good? Because I don't know what they are, but they just added the reigning Vesna Trophy winner. They just added a pretty good defenseman in Seth Jones, mm-hmm. and they're going to theoretically get Jonathan Taves back, and he wasn't there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't blow up any of their young core to get these assets. So, right, Kirby Doc comes back. The Brinkett comes back. Um, like, is Chicago good again? 
I think they're close. <laughs> you know, they got they got Kevin. Oh, by the way, they got Kevin Lankin in a net who was like really good for for a chunk of last season too. So you have a legitimate a legitimate one uh, A one B you know timeshare thing involving the Vesna Trophy winner, right? So you you got a good group of goalies there. Seth Jones. I, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna end up talking. To- <laughs> end up talking to Dom about him. He's always yeah. He's always he's always a great conversation point. Uh I don't know. They added Jake McCabe, who's 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 a nice player. I mean, like they're adding win now pieces, obviously. I it's tough to look at it's tough to look at what they've done and not see, you know, a play a playoff team. I wouldn't I wouldn't pick them I wouldn't pick them to win a cup or anything, but they're certainly better now than they were last year. Not not that it would have been very tough. But you're gonna get Taves. You're gonna get a full season of Kirby Doc. You have a Vesna Trophy winner. You have Seth Jones, who in, on some level is good. We don't know how great or he is or whatever. That's a debate point for the next ten years. But no, I, I think they're I think they're better, and I think they're dangerous in, in some respects. And I would probably pick them to make the playoffs today for sure. You know, I I look at the team that traded him away. Vegas. They took a ton of heat for the way that they traded him and yeah. and maybe kept him out of the loop. Look, like when Vegas first came in. We were like, oh, this is a fun, lovable <laughs> team. And eh, they got to the final. Have the Vegas Golden Knights officially become like one of those black hat villain teams? Like, do we all do we all hate the Vegas Golden Knights now? That's a that's a good question. I think what what, what helped me start to sour on them was that was their Twitter account. Like it's a, it really, really get, it really, really gets on my nerves. Uh yeah, I think I think we're there. And I think that Flurry is the most obvious example because he's, you know the franchise's first icon and Bill Foley told him he was going to be there forever. He had a conversation in the elevator with Flurry and his wife and blah, 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 blah. Like, right. We were, we were all sort of expecting him to play out, play out that his, his last few years there. He certainly was like for better or worse, whether that was naivete on, on, on his part or not, you know, he did not think he was going to end up anywhere, anywhere, but Vegas. And that's the most obvious example, but there's, there's been stuff on the margins that's, ha- that, that's happened over the last couple of years where it's like, yeah, this is uh it's a little bit of a milkshake duck scenario, right? Where where it's like it's it's they're not they're not the lovable scrappy underdog franchise because there is no lovable scrappy underdog franchise. It's pro it's pro sports and it's cutthroat. And I think to convince yourself whether it's Vegas, whether it's Carolina, all these teams that have like cute social media presences and you know they're in non-traditional markets and whatever else, everybody projects this sort of thing on them where it's like, "Oh, they're the fun team, they're this, they're that." And that team does not exist. Whether it's Vegas, whether it's Carolina where Tom Dundon is the owner and he made his he made his money on, you know, subprime mortgage loans and whatever else, it's a cutthroat business. Those teams don't exist. So to think so is to sucker yourself, honestly. And I think we've seen people disabused of those notions over the last week, which, you know, that's fine. It's it, it's better it's better to come to terms with it at some point. Yeah, you know, it's funny because th- this Bill Foley, Mark Andre Fleury elevator conversation That's is taking on a right? new life. Like, I know everyone, and all I can think about, I want like I when somebody tells me elevate elevator comments in sports, I always think of remember Giselle at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. I think it was the year they lost to the Giants, mm-hmm. and Giselle like went off, Pissed. and she was like yeah. waiting for an elevator. <laughs> she was she was mad. Yeah, and I think that this Bill Foley, Mark Andre Fleury thing is going to be on the all time list of greatest sports elevator. Uh, conversations. T-Mobile Arena released the elevator tapes. We need this to happen. (laughs) We need, we need, we need proof in one way or another, right? Exactly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. 
Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right, Sean, uh, time for us to bring in our uh, weekly guest. And uh, I think he was on the fence until he heard Haley Salvian was out. And then when he heard that uh, you were in, Sean, I think Dom Luchichin said, I am in 100%. Welcome back to the show, Dom. Uh, great to have you. And I think we need to tell Sean, like, the two of us are doing this podcast on, like, it's it's a holiday for us in Canada today. Okay, wait, right? hold, hold on. Hold on a second. Ian Denemy told me, I did not know this was a thing. What's it, what's it called? Like, Public Day or Province Day or whatever it is? Civic uh, Holiday. Civic Holiday. Cool. Congra- congr- yeah. <laughs> congratulations. You guys, you guys get to work anyways. <laughs> <laughs> with me exactly that's like a fake holiday i don't even know if it's like a legit is it like dom is it like a legitimate stat holiday for us uh i don't know i yeah just work whenever i want to i remember last (laughs) year um i worked on christmas and new year's eve doing season previews so holidays are suggestions sometimes there was a year there a couple years ago the steelers played on thanksgiving christmas eve and new year's day i was ready to i was ready to jump i was ready to jump off a roof it was terrible <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh hey listen dom again appreciate this i know look the two of you often collaborate in your power rankings before we start maybe just give our listeners a sense of when we might do we get an off-season power rankings at any point or do we just leave that alone because that's always really fun when you guys do uh, you do the power rankings. I think we got to figure out something to do this week, right? We should probably we should we should probably do a post free agency one. We've been pushing it. We've been pushing it back for five days now, or whatever. We we should because I'm going on vacation on Monday. Uh, me too. I'm I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna disappear for a while. So this this needs to happen this week, or else it's or else it's yeah. never gonna go down. Yeah. Good thing I have a lot of articles to write on top of that. So yeah, no, you're not <laughs> you're not busy at all. Come on. Yeah. Okay, well, this is perfect. We can kind of brainstorm. We can get the ball rolling for your power rankings here because, uh, hey, listen, obviously, I think there's been some changes, Dom, with uh, the way free agency is shaken out. So uh, as you start to look at, uh, you know, free agent winners and losers, there are a couple of teams that you guys look at, Dom uh, and, and Sean, that you say, yeah, you know what? I love what that team did in the last 10 days, and I think they're going to be a better team uh, when, when training camp rolls around. Is that something we think after free agency? I feel like they... They spent so much money for like not like not bad players, but like not like elite talent or anything. Uh, the Devils got the best player, and that'll take them from absolutely terrible to like maybe okay. Um, <laughs> and I think that is as good as it gets for me. I try to look at it in totality, right? Where everyone says free agency, and it's just kind of like an umbrella term for the expansion draft and in the in the entry draft and. Whatever I re- I liked what the Blue Jackets did until three days ago or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Like they come out of the draft with you know Kent Johnson and Sillinger, and they move Jones, and they do all this stuff. Where you're like, all right, this seems like this seems like things are trending upward for them, and in comes the Wierenski contract, and now everyone's like, okay, wait, are they are they are they a free agency winner? Where do we where do we have them at this point? It's 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 tough to say, man. Stuff changes stuff changes quickly. We're not used to this happening in August. Which teams did nothing? That's that's who won. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, just on Wierenski for a second. Do you guys at least understand some of the thought? Is there a defense to this? I mean, they have watched star player after star mm-hmm. player walk out the door, you know, go through the list. And how are, you can draw the line back to Rick Nash. You can draw wherever you want to draw the line. It's arbitrary, but guys leave Columbus. So for Zach Wierenski to sign for six years, albeit, you know, obviously they're overpaid for him at $9.58 million per is there any, do you guys at least see the logic behind we need to do this for their fans uh, or nah, you, you can't be doing that? I think they're so far away from contention now that I wouldn't have done it. Um, there's a, there's always a chance he lives up to the deal. He's young enough. He is a really good defenseman. Yeah. There is a chance he blossoms into this elite star in his late 20s. It's just... Columbus seems so far away after losing all this talent that it would have been probably better to just go clean slate. And by the time they're ready to contend, contend, it might be year five or six of the Wierenski deal and he might not be worth it at all. This was the first off season. And and you said this, it goes back to Rick Nash and whatever. The question for years has been, why don't people stay in Columbus? Right. And I think you have to guard against that. It's not, that shouldn't be like the, the deciding factor in the way you run an organization. But this, this last, this last six months or this last, whatever, even if, whether it's Jones, whoever you can trace, trace it back recently. Um, This was the first time where I was like, I think they need, they need to figure out a way to, to, to find the guy who can at least set some kind of tone and I, I I hate I hate that sort of thing just as a rule, but I can I can see why they did it because they needed to find somebody who said what Ransky said when he signed the contract, which is like I love being a Blue Jacket, I want to stay here, blah blah. I think this off season is the first time where that sort of logic kind of kind of made sense to me. And, and and Dom, you said it like, is he overpaid? Yeah, he shouldn't make as much as you know Kale McCarr. That's crazy, but he's still he's still pretty good. He's he's you know he has the profile of a guy who's gonna come close enough to delivering on that over, over over the next few years, even though he's not the the perfect guy to bet on. Hey Dom, if if I had told you a month ago that Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones were going to sign contracts (laughs) with a higher AAV than Kale McCarr and Dougie Hamilton, what would you have thought? Um, I would have thought that Columbus was out of their damn mind, but uh, they (laughs) made out like bandits on the Seth Jones trade. So Good for them, especially since he's making that much. Uh, Dougie Hamilton, we know that for whatever reason, teams aren't as high on him. But to see him get paid less than Seth Jones still feels a little wild to me. Uh, Kale McCarr, RFA, obviously is going to come in a little lower. So that one wasn't as surprising, but I definitely thought he might have gotten into that 10 million range, which is just how unreal he is. So if you told me that, a few months ago, I definitely would have been shocked, but this is the NHL and weird stuff happens sometimes. Stuff happens sometimes. I like that. <laughs> that, that should be the, uh, the tagline for the league. Absolutely. That's the, that's the title of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> stuff happens sometimes. <laughs> hey, what was the, uh, the deal that made you, uh, you guys be like, wait, what? Or, or like, as uh, Dom likes to tweet out, what? In this economy? <laughs> like, what, what, was the, what was the one contract that you were like, I can't believe did that guy got that term and that deal? Oh my god! Where do we begin? Uh, yeah, that should be the power rankings. The power ranking of which e- deal e- made the least sense. Yeah. Everybody's worst trade. Yeah. 
Um, man, that's a good. You, you know what? I, I Alex Wenberg is a is a is a fine player, right? But just to see the Kraken sign him to that deal, especially when he was you know huff and paint on a on a on a twenty percent shooting percentage bender. bender. I, I was surprised to see that. I, I know they needed, you know, you look at their roster coming out of the draft, they had, they had a hole at center. It, it makes sense on some level. But to see them sign him to that deal, that's when I sort of started wondering what the Kraken were doing exactly. Yeah, that was one for me for sure. Um, it feels like they're going all in on uh, having a lot of guys. Uh, and really just being this like amazing depth team with no one who can like put them over the top. And I thought they would be in on Dougie and Landis Cog, but they went in on Jaden Schwartz and Alex Wenberg and it's fine. Um, But they spent what, 10 million to do that. And Mm -hmm. I just, I don't really understand the point uh, because these are guys who are going to decline over the next few years. So Bit strange. <laughs> Four years for Cody Cece was a was it was a good oh, one. Oh yeah, as well. that was um, that was a that was a. Uh, I you know what we shouldn't act like we're surprised. We knew that somebody was going to do it. We knew it was probably going to be Ken Holland, but to actually see it borne out and, and and to see it come to fruition was was uh was was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen on the day, but uh, Barclay Goodrow six years. Uh, <sighs> sure, why not? Um, would I'm gonna love seeing him play without uh Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord. That'll be. <laughs> A huge treat. You never know. We'll see what we'll see what we'll happens. See what happens. Maybe, maybe it works out. Yeah. <laughs> well, do, do you guys think that the, this year the free agent market it seemed like that type of player? Mm-hmm. Whether it was, I guess, I mean, you could throw Zach Hyman maybe into that mix a little bit, but certainly Barkley Goudreau, Blake Coleman, like those types of players really seem to be valued um, in a way that maybe we haven't seen. Before, did that surprise you guys at all that those contracts were handed out to those guys that uh, with that term and that dollar? I mean, Barkley Barkley Goudreau is that's Tom Wilson derangement syndrome, you know, grabbing <laughs> grabbing the Rangers right between that and trading for Reeves. Like that's you can't underestimate that. I mean, it's it's crazy for people to be that. It's it's silly for people for teams to be that afraid of one player a, and it's misguided for for them to think that Tom Wilson's skill set is like just replicable by guys being big, I, which is always baffling me. Tom Wilson is good because he's good. Like talk about whatever the the peripheral stuff, but at the end of the day, dude's a great great skater, legitimate legitimate top line winger, can score twenty five goals, like whatever else. That's why Tom Wilson's an issue. Like that's that's why you should be afraid of Tom Wilson is because he does all that stuff in addition to being you know, insane and dirty and, and, and whatever else. You can't just replicate that by going out and getting a big guy. And I thought maybe that more teams would have wised up to that, but it doesn't seem like that's that's necessarily the case. Yeah, Tom Wilson wasn't a problem when he was on the fourth line. Right. No one no Nobody one cared. cared. It's Nobody the cared. fact that he plays on the top line and yep. he can score and he's a legitimate power forward who is a bit of a shit disturber. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes him Tom Wilson. Yep. He was terrible early on in his career and then he started playing with Ovi and he's like oh this guy actually has some talent that's why he's a problem Barkley Goodrow is not a top line forward he's not a top six forward and I don't know how long he can even be a top nine forward he played on a great line with Gordon Coleman but I think those two guys did a lot of the legwork where I would be pretty skeptical if Goodrow can replicate that especially in New York's bottom six, where they're a bit of a top-heavy team. Um, I'm not surprised about Hyman or Coleman because they mm-hmm. those are guys who can push play. They can mm-hmm. score. They have talent. Goodrow is not 
that caliber of player. We we saw a lot of goalie musical chairs in the last couple of weeks, and it felt like there was more goaltender movement than usual, right? And even like Colorado got in on it with Darcy Kemper. We saw Grubauer go to Seattle, Flurry to uh, Chicago, Freddie Anderson switch teams. Like there was, there was a whole bunch of movements here. As you guys look at, uh, it feels like the goalie carousel has essentially stopped. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's, yeah, there's a team that absolutely, you know what? I like what they did with their goaltending in the offseason, or is there a team that the opposite, you're like, I don't like that. I, I'm not feeling very confident with that tandem. It a lot of it felt like moves for moves sake to me. Mm-hmm. Like like it was just it was just your your move you're moving a, a one timeshare guy for a, a, for the money's a little bit different. You're just kind of you know reshuffling the deck. Honestly, there was it was funny. I I just did a radio hit and someone and they asked me about this and I don't know that I I don't know that there's any team situation that I like measurably more now than I did you know two weeks ago. I will go in the opposite direction and say that I love what Buffalo and Arizona did for goaltending. Um, not spending any money at all, mm-hmm. knowing they'll be the two worst teams in the league and just going outright greatest tank battle right off the bat. Yep. <laughs> yep. I agree. Um, speaking of the Coyotes, they they made a whole bunch of moves. Like At times, people are like, what, what is going on here? But do you guys like what they did at the end of the day now that the dust has essentially settled and they got rid of a bunch of contracts and they took on some deals and they got a bunch of draft picks? Like, It feels like they've loaded up for the draft next year. Do we like what Arizona did? I, I, do. I do, yeah. Um, I think until Buffalo trades Jack Eichel, uh, Arizona is the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. They have nothing. They have Clayton Keller, Jacob Chikrin, and guys. Just so many guys. Um, so many so many expiring deals. So many yeah. second-round picks. <laughs> and they, they needed to reload because they... They peaked last year, mm-hmm. or I guess two years ago, when they made the playoffs with Taylor Hall and somehow won the qualifying round against Nashville despite getting completely outplayed and then facing Colorado and just getting destroyed for five games. That was their peak. And if that's your peak, you got to be like, we need to start over here. This is not working. Um, we're not getting better. And it's sort of amazing because they had this amazing prospect pool. Everyone thought they'd be this future superpower because they had all these great young guys and they just did not hit on a lot of them we got to find some way to get kessel to vegas that needs the yeah that, ne- that would be that great needs to happen we do need we do need to see that do you know how much how much real how much real world money his the acquiring team would have to pay him next year it's 850 grand that's it i mean the cat the cat the cap hit is what it is but mm-hmm. but the amount of the amount of money that he's that, that he you know that whoever trades for him if it happens would be on the hook for is just minuscule and what what's the cap hit then on Kessel? Like six point eight. Yeah, and it's eight hundred and fifty in real cash because the Coyotes already paid out his signing bonus, and the Leafs are still paying one hundred and fifty thousand of his of his salary. So, it's, so what you're saying is he, he's coming to Ottawa, like that. Lock <laughs> it in. Oh man, love it. Make it make it happen. <laughs> Phil 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 and Phil and Melnick together at last. It's a marriage oh that God. we need. Gosh, that would be something else. Hey, listen, uh, Dom, we appreciate this. Look, we got the juices flowing for the power rankings. We know that Arizona and Buffalo are going to be at the bottom, right, guys? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, say, yeah. We'll, we'll say something shitty about the about Arizona and talk about their jerseys and get in, and get in and get out. That'll be the end. I love it. Hey, Dom, listen, thanks for dropping by on this, whatever this fake holiday, whatever this day is for us in Canada. I appreciate you taking uh, some of your uh, your time out to chat with us. And uh, listen, enjoy some downtime in August. You deserve it. And uh, we'll get you on the other side. Thanks for having me.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Sean. Well, once again, I got, apparently I got his name wrong again. I thought it was Dom Luschichin. 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 There we go. Haley said, Haley said it's like loose chicken kind of, and that's what, that's yeah. what made the bell go off for me at some yeah. point. I thought yeah. it was Lachision for the first, like, oh, so like, did I. like Curtis Lachision for the first, you know, yeah. year and a half I worked here. Yeah. Close enough. Well, anyway, listen, always great to get him. I'm looking forward to the, uh, the power rankings. Got a little bit uh, of a preview. Yeah. We, we gotta, we, we gotta have a powwow about, about, about those later today. It's time to, time to actually do some work. Put that kid to work for once in his life. My God. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're going to read a couple of uh, reader comments here before we uh, tackle some multiple choice madness to uh, wrap up the show. Uh, Mitchell writes, and I think this is kind of a blanket statement that probably goes, uh, Sean, for all of the athletic hockey shows, uh, podcast shows that we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mitchell writes in and says, I appreciate how you guys never shy away from the hard to talk about issues. You guys never tap dance around them or bury them at the end of the show by saying things like, I know it's not fun to talk about, but we got to bring it up before we go. You guys always tackle it head on, put it center stage and go out of your way to make sure your listeners understand its importance. Excellent work as always comes in for Mitchell. And it is important, right? Like if you're tackling things, whether it's, you know, Evander Kane would be one this week, obviously in a, in a more serious way, the allegations around the Chicago Blackhawks from 2010, um, uh, you know, obviously the, the Montreal Canadiens drafting Logan Mayu, like there's a lot of issues that sometimes make people uncomfortable, but I think it's our job to, to do that and to tackle those stories and put them at the top, right? Like not to, to bury really? them and, and act like, Hey, everything is great in hockey and it's important to, to tackle these things. I thought you got, you guys in particular were great last Monday, you and Haley dealing with the Mayu fallout and, you know, the continued ugliness of the Blackhawks. I thought you guys did a great job of setting the tone for the week. I mean, I know me and Craig took cues from that. I mean, we, we did it again on Tuesday. If we're not doing that, we're not doing our job. Right. And it's, it's good to, it's good to hear from people, you know, who appreciate it and whatever else. And we're just, we're just trying to trying to do our best. That's about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Hey, listen, Chester has written in to the show here as well. Chester, uh, has written into the show. And Chester says, so last week was Haley's birthday, uh, Sean. And on uh, Haley's show, on Haley's birthday extravaganza, I gave her some options of uh, people that shared that- a birthday with her. And so I'm going to give you I'm the I'm looking option. at them right now. I'm looking at them right now, by the way. Yes. You got them. Okay. So oh, yeah. these are the, the, and Chester says, uh, Haley picked Mick Jagger. But here are the people that Haley shared her birthday with. And I said, who, who are you most proud to share a birthday with? Sebastian Ajo of the Carolina Hurricanes, Mick Jagger, Sandra Bullock, uh, Helen Mirren, Jeremy Piven. Or I said, hey, listen, this is a lame birthday list. Uh, she took Mick Jagger. Chester says she should have taken Helen Mirren every day of the week. Who, like, who do you think is the best birthday to share with out of that group? <laughs> I can tell you who it's not. 
It's not Jeremy Piven. He is at the bottom of the list. Can't stand Jeremy Piven. Have, ne- have never been able to stomach him. So we can throw him out immediately. Ajo's boring. He's, 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 he's a hockey player, too obvious. I think I'm going with Jagger, personally. But I'm with I'm with Chester that damn Helen Mirren should get some some real consideration. She's a strong she's a strong second choice. Also shout out to shout out to Sandra Bullock. I've lo- I've loved her for most of my life. Like, do you remember that Jeremy like that random Jeremy Piven cameo in Seinfeld where yeah. he's like oh, he plays that loser? Yeah, he's, he plays. He's loser like George. he's the guy playing George on the yeah. on, on the sitcom. <laughs> One of my favorite things <laughs> is watching old stuff like that, and you see bald Jeremy Piven. Before right. he got like whatever million exactly. zillion dollar hair replacement thing he got, like he he gets more and more hair as he as he gets more and more famous. And by the time he gets Entourage, he's got a full on, you know, full on one hundred percent hairline. Yeah, he can't he can't fool us. I I've I know I know your tricks, Jeremy Piven. You're a bald guy. Don't lie. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Hey, listen, we're going to wrap up this show like we always do on Mondays and uh, excited to have you in for a little multiple choice madness, Sean. This is where we just hit on some topics from around the hockey world. So listen, the Olympics are going on right now and there's a great debate about hockey and whether or not the NHL is going to be able to go to the Olympics. And there's always this, uh, you know, this idea that uh, they're disrupting their schedule. And so here's my question to you. Uh, We'll start with this. Uh, Do you think the NHL should push to join the Summer Olympics. And the options are A, yes, this is a great idea. Players could compete without disrupting the NHL schedule. Or B, no, that's a dumb idea. This is a winter sport. It does not belong in the Summer Games. What do you think? I don't think it really matters because if you look at some of the Summer Games sports, like, I don't, is is handball like a de, like a definitive Summer Game? Like, I don't know, weightlifting? All, all this stuff, I don't, they're not inherent. Like you don't have to be in hot weather to, 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 to do this sort of thing. So the precedent is there. I am all for it because I want NHL players in the Olympics. I don't, if that means that the games get moved to this, to, you know, the hockey gets moved to the summer. If it means it stays in the winter, whatever, whatever you got to do to get NHL players involved, I'm, I'm all for. And if that means watching hockey games in between watching basketball, another winter sport, by the way, and in, 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 in a lot of ways, like go for it. I'm I'm in. I don't care. Yeah, I I'm kind of with you. Like I I remember Gary Bettman for years was trying to pressure the IOC and and go with Rennie Fassell mm-hmm. with the double uh, IHF and say hmm. we'd like to move to the summer games. So I know Gary Bettman in an ideal world would push for the summer games. Like I think it's a it's a compromise. And I'm with you. Like there's a lot of sports where it doesn't matter. I but the problem is I think the Olympics look at it and say it's played on ice. Yeah, and as a result. Sure. We can't have it at the summer games, but like it just makes so much sense. I'm sure, given the choice, I mean, NBC is not gonna—they're gonna—they'd rather keep it in the winter too because it's a because it's a touchstone kind of fulcrum sport in terms of marketing the Winter Olympics, which are always going to be you know a step or two behind the summer games. That's just that's just the way it is. So I'm sure NBC would love to would love to be able to keep hockey in the fold. But if that if that if that's what needs to happen just to guarantee the participation of, of, of hockey players. I don't care that the league shuts down, by the way, during the winter Olympics, that doesn't matter to me. I like, I that's secondary towards uh, to my desire to watch them compete, like at whatever the cost. Like I've always thought like some of the best hockey has been played in the summer. Like, even if you go back yeah, to like the totally. summit series or uh, totally. world cups or Canada cups, like those were late August, early September. Right. Right. Absolutely. So, we're going to get best. Like, I, I would love it. I would be all in. But I wonder, like, I was trying to think about that. And maybe, maybe I should have Googled it and mm-hmm. I would have had the answer. But 
Has there ever been a sport that switched from winter to summer or vice versa? Oh, man, that's a, that's a great question. the Olympics, question. like I looked it um, up and I, sorry, I didn't look it up. I was just thinking to myself earlier today, like I wonder if like, like if badminton randomly switched, like who would know, right? Like who, who would know if a sport I, handball, switched? Handball was the one that popped in my, popped in my mind immediately because it's one of those dumb Olympic sports that I, you know, you love watching, you love parachuting in and checking it out for, for 15 minutes. That's it's indoors. Like you don't, you don't need, you don't need uh, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not weather dependent. Absolutely. I I'm, and I'm trying to look this up now, by the way, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it's happened all that, all that recently. Obviously we had baseball that got taken out of the Olympics and now it's back, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that's something that we see with any, with any historical regularity uh, sports switching Olympics, but let's make it happen, man. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Okay. Question number two in a little multiple choice madness. There's still some pretty prominent, as of our recording here on this Monday, still some pretty prominent UFAs on the board. I want to know, I'm going to give you a list of four guys who, as of this time, Sean, they haven't signed. Like, who are you most intrigued? Like, hey, where's this guy going to end up? Is it A, Zach Parisi, B, Zdeno Chara, C, Joe Thornton, or D, Thomas Tatar? So you have three Hall of Famers, right? Three you know, staples of the game. You're that last... high on Thomas Tatar? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I hate Zdeno Chara. He is, <laughs> he is not on my hall of fame ballot. Yeah. Um, but I think my answer is Tatar just because of the way stuff ended for him in Montreal, where we saw him, you know, be a pretty, he was a legitimately good goal scorer for years. He's a big part of, big part of that top line. And, you know, then he, then he just gets stuck, gets stuck on scratch Island during the, during the playoffs. Uh, for whatever reason, he's an interesting player because his statistical profile clearly doesn't match the way GMs feel about him. And those guys are always super interesting to me. So I'm interested to see where he ends up because I think he's got the most left in the tank, probably relative to the other, to the other three. Is he like, the, is he the new Thomas Vanek? Seems that way, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's just because they're both, they're both Thomases. They're both yeah. Tom, Thomases. I don't know what the plural of Thomas is. Tom I? Tom, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it, so it might be just like an easy A to B kind of line to draw, but it, it kind of, it kind of feels like that, right? Where he's going to sign some one year deal for, you know, three and a half million dollars and someone's going to, someone's going to see what happens. But I am, I'm, I'm fascinated with where he, with where he goes just because of the way the last you know six months have gone for him. Man, like I'm, I'm torn on this one. I think it's Zdeno Chara for me because he's second, he's, kinda, he's second, I think. Yeah. He's kind of doing these one year, like he's, yeah. I mean, even at the end of Boston, he was always one year deal, one year deal. But don't you get the sense that uh, he he's probably one of those guys that probably does want to play till he's 50 or close to it and yeah. keeps himself in shape? Like, I just want to know where he's going to end up. Like, I, I, totally. me personally, I, I, I just think he's this. And it's because I'm this. Look, I'm the same age as Zdeno Chara and Tom Brady. And I want these guys to keep yeah, I'm playing. I'm fast approaching that point, by, like, by the way. Like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever Crosby retires, I'm just, you just send me off on an iceberg into the, in, in, into a, in, into the ocean. I'm, I'll, I'll be done. I'll be washed. Oh, so you're an 87 birthday. I'm 86. Actually. 86. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, you got lots, you got lots of time. I don't, uh, hockey's a young man's game, dude. We're seeing, we're seeing lots of 34, 35 year old players go away and never come back. It, it'll be, it'll be here before we know it. Parisi, yeah. by the way, does not get in consideration because his contract is just in loose desk and he's waiting to file it until until you know some sometime in the middle of the month we know where yeah. he's gonna end up it's, oh, it's, exactly. it's with the islanders exactly okay next question we kind of touched on this a little bit when you said you were pretty bullish on chicago i'm going to give you a list here of four uh teams that we would consider bubble teams like they're not 
uh, like the Vegas's and the Colorado's and the teams that you're like, yeah, 100% they're going to make the playoffs. These would be considered bubble teams. Yeah. So which of these Western Conference teams, Sean, do you think, yeah, you know what? I like their odds to make the playoffs next year. These are the four teams. Chicago, Vancouver, Seattle, Minnesota. Who And they've all undergone some significant change. I mean, Seattle, obviously, the biggest yeah. changes. They, they had nothing. But <laughs> yeah. like, if you had to pick one team, you're like, I think they're going to make the playoffs next year out of the Blackhawks, Canucks, Kraken, and Wild. Which way are you going? You know, you can't say the Canucks, even though that division is, is so terrible. They're just they're just a they're just a train wreck. I still think it's I still think it's Minnesota, and I might be I might be overestimating them because. You know their cap situation is a mess because the buyouts. I'm still not uh, the the Suter buyout. By the way, looks looks strange because he clearly had value league wide. I'm not really. I mean, they're afraid of the stretch penalty, and maybe that's reason enough to do it. But um, I think if they if they do their business, if the Kaprizov thing gets taken care of, I I still think that they're they're my favorite team out of that out of that group. Still, oh, and I know I'm prepared for wild fans to be like, "Why are you calling us a bubble yeah. team?" But I just feel like they—I'm with you. Like they, the uh, they don't have the situation with Kaprizov settled. They lost a couple of key players in Suter and Prize, yep. and then, like you said, the cap hit involved with that. It's uh, tough. I just you know, and it's a tough division too. It like is. when you look at uh, those teams in that division, it's you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. But I, you know what? As much as you think Vancouver's a train wreck, I, that division is so weak. It's so like, bad, I know. It, I know. It's so bad. Like, I think, okay, Vegas is a surefire playoff team in the Pacific. Like, right. no questions asked. Right. I think Edmonton is too. As much as the people will mock their defense, I think they're a good enough team to make the playoffs. After that, who else is a, like, I don't know about Calgary. I don't know about Vancouver. I don't know about Seattle. And I don't, sure as heck, don't know about those California teams. So, you look at the Vancouver Canucks and if Elias Pettersson comes back and is healthy and gets his deal and, and you know, you get, uh, you add Garland, who I think is a pretty good player. Oliver Ekman, Larson, I mean, at the cap head, I don't love it. But look, I think Vancouver's a better team year over year in the here and the now. And I think it might make them better enough to make the playoffs in that weak division. I'll put and I'll put Calgary as a pretty strong three in 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 that division. I, they're the they should go out and get Eichel. They, they should they should do that. They, they should do it. That's that's personally where I want to see him end up. I, I think it makes a ton of sense. That's because they're they're in win now mode. Clearly, that you don't sign Blake Coleman and trade for trade for uh, what's his face, the defenseman from the Blackhawks, whose, whose name I just forgot. Uh, Zadorov. Yes, thank you. I, I almost I almost said I almost said Kucherov. I got my I got my Nikita's. Uh, crossed up in, in, in my brain there. I, I like what they've done. They should go out and just sell out and go all in and try to try, try to go get Eichel. Okay. That, that being said, the, the fourth spot in that division, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Could Vancouver slip in? Absolutely. Like it depends, like can Byfield step up uh, with, with, with LA take those sort of, you know, they, they're, they're an interesting team just because of all those young forwards they have. And, and uh, you know, Calvin Peterson seems like he's going to be pretty good. Like whatever, I I don't I, I don't I don't hate the Kings, but there is absolutely nobody who you can pencil in with any degree of uh, certainty in in that fourth spot. So I so I I see it I see it I, I see why the Canucks are, are are a legitimate kind of choice. Just in a vacuum, I'm taking the Wild the Wild's roster a hundred times out of a hundred, but that's a tough division, and that's yeah. that's that's the rules that we're playing with. 
Yeah, exactly. All right. Hey, listen, you mentioned Nikita Kucherov. That's uh, some good foreshadowing because he's part of this last question Mm -hmm. in multiple choice madness. So uh, let's look ahead to next year's playoffs. And I'm going to give you the opportunity, Sean. You can pick any matchup because you want to sit back with a big old bag of popcorn and just soak in the deliciousness of this matchup. So I'm going to give you three potential playoff series. You tell me which is the one you want to see happen the most because it would be the best rivalry or storyline. Is it A, Chicago against Vegas because we would get Marc-Andre Fleury and the Revenge Tour? Is it B, the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers? How about seven games of Tom Wilson v. Ryan Reeves? Or C, Tampa, Montreal. Yeah, it's a Stanley Cup final rematch, but really it's Nikita Kucherov against the Bell Center fans. What do you want to see? I don't know if we're getting seven games of of, uh, of of Tom Wilson versus Ryan Reeves. Someone's getting either scratched or suspended if if we're <laughs> if we're if, if we're looking at that. So I'm I'm throwing that one out. As fun as fun as that would see, I'd, you love watching two maniacs like that go after each other. But that's that's out. Um, I don't want to underestimate how pissed Montreal fans were. <laughs> In Kucherov, because I I wrote about it. I was like, oh, Kucherov's great and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I was all the way in on, you know, that was awesome and funny and we need more of it. And I got, oh my God, people in Montreal were so, were so pissed by uh, by that. So I, I don't want to discount that either. But I'm, go, I'm going flurry versus Vegas all day because of the level of personal animosity that, ha- that, that has to exist, A. And B, we've said it multiple times throughout the show, I think those games could end up being pretty good. It's crazy that we're talking about the Blackhawks is, you know, a legit a legitimate playoff team, but I, I think it's I think it's reasonable. So I'm I'm taking I'm taking that one. Cause I think the hockey would be good and the personal drama would just be unmatched there. Man, you know what? I think I want to see twenty thousand fans at the Bell Center <laughs> I know, all it's over tempting. the Kita Kucherov. It's tempting. Like it's and here's the other thing on Kucherov too. Like, cause he had the t shirt, he had the press conference, like leaned into it. <laughs> okay, but where was this Nikita Kucherov in the last three years? Like, I, I feel like he, there was this great coming out party for this this great uh, character that, like, how come we didn't know that this was what Nikita Kucherov was? Bud Light works in mysterious ways, baby. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah, give me that uh, Stanley Cup final rematch because I think it would be great. All right, Sean, listen, we're right out of time. This was great. Listen, thank yeah, you man. for pinch. Thank you for pinch hitting. Hey, when I say pinch hitter to you. Like, is there like a pinch hitter that comes to your mind? Absolutely. From, who is it? Who's the all-time pinch hitter? Craig Wilson. He played for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the in yeah. the, in, in the early two thousands. I believe he led the league in pinch hit homers for a while, and it was it was all he was good at. As, as soon as he had to, as soon as he had to like transition into being a full time player, he was junk. That's that's my role. I'm 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 ready for it. I'm the Craig I'm the Craig Wilson of the group. I always think of John Vanderwall. He oh, was like a classic absolutely. '90s pinch hitter. Yeah. Also, also former pirate legend. That's, yeah. That's I, I I think in baseball strictly in terms of uh, terrible players who who were pirates in the early two thousands. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> awesome. Hey, listen. Thanks again, though. Seriously, for pinching. This was fun. The hour flew by. And uh, listen, looking forward to uh, to reading your stuff. I know. Hopefully, you'll get a little bit of downtime here in uh, in August. But listen, thanks for uh, thanks for filling in. I don't have a cottage to go to, but if I would, I'd be there next week. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And hey, listen, everybody, thanks for listening to this latest edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. As always, uh, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We certainly appreciate that. And I want to let you know that annual subscriptions on the print side of things to The Athletic, they're available to you for just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show.